As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, welcome to our multiverse. We're excited you're joining us for our new parody comedy series, Superhero Diaries. Hello, this is Batman. Well, sort of. I mean, I'm not one of those actors who gets to play all your favorite superheroes in movies and TV. I guess you would say I'm a parody version of The Dark Knight. Anywho, me and some of my super friends have decided to tell you what we're really thinking when we are doing all those crime-fighting Earth-saving, multiverse-hopping kind of stuff. We will reveal what's behind the mask. Our most private thoughts. Like, who's our secret superhero crush? Gotta go. Girl talk. We have to deal with real-life issues just like you. I mean, how does Spider-Man pee when he's wearing a Spidey onesie? It rides up in the crotch a little bit, too. Does Aquaman talk to fish before he eats them? What is the Hulk's critical review of Wonder Woman 84? And most confounding of all. Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. How does a guy like me, with no superpowers, get through the week without getting killed every other day? All will be revealed when Superhero Diaries takes off on February 9th. Subscribe now, true believers. The threat has come in. Bombs have been placed all over the main bridge that leads directly into the big city. Answering the call, the Avenger known as Captain America arrives on scene. Surveying the area, Cap ascertains key structural spots in the bridge that likely would have the bombs located on them and proceeds into danger. Before he can leap into action, however, a batarang pierces the darkness and sparks the ground two feet in front of him. The cowled figure of Batman steps into view, taking in the captain. Hey, I don't appreciate you going knives out right now, stranger, Captain America shouts, and I don't have time for this conversation. Argo after these bombs, or nobody goes. Now look, you seem like a real daredevil, but the way back is that way. And Sunshine, you have the fire of a regular human torch. Neither hero will step down, and the dawn of Endgame is before us. It's the first Avenger versus the Dark Knight. It's America's ass versus Batfleck. It's MCU Captain America versus DCEU Batman today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comics, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ray Stacanus. 
Today we're doing a battle that, you know, I've been wanting to do for years. On one side we have my favorite and arguably the best live action Batman of all time, oh. Ben Affleck, Batfleck, I'm just going to say it, from the DCU. And then of course we have the insanely amazing Captain America from the MCU. You know, look, there was no need to do a patented who would win Google test. People have been talking about this matchup for years and it's been millions of people talking about it as well. In the famous words of Captain America, when it comes to this particular fight and debate, I can do this all day. So Ray, what are your thoughts on today's matchup? You know, we do try to stick away from some of these mainstream traditional matchups, but it is mainstream March after all. And when, look, people at home, you need to understand, I'm going to pull back the curtain just a little bit. We've said for a long time that James Gavsey has come to the team demanding that we use Red Hulk for a matchup. He's done it since literally the first episode of this show. Since about the fifth episode of this show, he's also been demanding Ben Affleck's Batman make an episode. So with the new Snyder Cut Justice League movie coming out on HBO Max. What a perfect time to finally let James get his wish and beat him to a pulp with his own character. Yeah, I was I was very happy that the production team came around and said, hey, congratulations, we're using Batflick. I'm like, oh my God, this is great. By the way, Ray, something happened very recently yes. that I need to bring to your attention. It seems you've been called out for something. Well, I've been called out for something. That's outrageous. The only thing people should be calling me out for is greatness. Oddly enough, it wasn't for that. Uh, yeah, I know. So um, here's the deal. We have some very specific rules for the Who Would Win show. Rules that keep, you know, everything, help keep the debate focused. It's rules that help our fans stay very much involved with the battle. Rules that keep the world from falling into anarchy and despair. Really, if you put it all together, that's what happens. And it's, it, they're rules, by the way, that you seem to be breaking. At least that's what the fans are saying. And there's one rule in particular people are talking about. That's... Rule number three, where you have to stick with the exact version of the character you're you're debating. It seems some people have been taking exception with the liberties of you using feats and you know accomplishments from different versions of the character you've been using. That's outrageous. Um, Let me just nip that in the bud right there. First off, the rules are very, very clear, and the rules are very, very clear in that crossover events are allowed, but given less weight. So if look, if I choose to use the comic book version of any character, then you have to say when they any anything that for them appeared in comic books should at least be on the table at some point. Now, if James Gavsey doesn't want to point out that something comes from an alternate storyline or an alternate reality, much like I will do when he crosses that line all the time, you people at home don't seem to have a problem with that, do you? It's the hair, isn't it? It's because James Gavsey has great hair. And look, yes, yes, he does have great hair. And yes, I am insanely jealous of it. But that is not a reason to let James break every single rule in the book every single week. And when I step out, call out the fact that I'm using a crossover, right? Which I did. And then understand it's going to be given less weight to suddenly come on the face box and the tweet spheres and be like, oh, Ray, oh, he's so naughty. You all can shove it. Yeah, I didn't hear any of that. I just heard that you liked my hair. And then I went to uh, my unhappy place because I kind of got shaken to the core when you said that. Oddly enough, I was thinking of shaving my head, but now I won't. I'm actually I wouldn't advise it. We don't need two people with shaved heads on this show. Unless we get sponsored by, you know, like Headblade or something. But here's the deal, Ray. I, I think we both try to push the limits with the rules, right? We try to stay within the rules. We try to, you know, push the boundaries, but stay within, you know, good sportsmanship. And by we, I mean me. 
clearly you've been kind of it's totally clear listen and by the way you've been breaking the rules has your record since the beginning of season three reflected many wins with the breaking of those rules well they were they reflect that you've been breaking the rules and bribing the judges quite frankly i don't understand how some of these decisions have happened thankfully (laughs) we have a smart judge with us today appearing for the second time and it's time to introduce them to the who would win audience making their second appearance ever on the Who Would Win show, it's comedian extraordinaire. It's Toby Morshanu. Toby, thank you so much for coming back to Who Would Win. Oh, my pleasure. It's great to be here. I'm so excited for this matchup. Ever since Ray's introduction, it's it's just man, it makes me want to like watch wrestling and play D and D at the same time. It's like hidden both notes. But more than that, I think I really want you to take off that hat so I can see that luscious head of hair. It's it's I not mean, good. It's... I've got I haven't cut my hair in three <laughs> months. It is crazy. It's like a helmet which I use for protection, just like Cowl Batman wears. By the way, Toby, you are considered, at least within the Who Would Win production team, as uh, Who Would Win royalty. You were kind of there at the beginning when we launched with Race to Canis. You've been asked to come back by the fans. We're so happy you're back here. So tell everyone, what have you been up to lately? Uh, well, it's been the pandemic, and I have been radicalized. I will say that. Not QAnon, though. I have actually been radicalized into housing politics. Um, mm. So my battle, while I judge this one, has been against the NIMBYs in uh, my neighborhood in Los Angeles who have caused uh, quite a housing shortage that we have here. It's a big problem in a lot of cities, but LA, LA is the worst. So I haven't really been able to get up and like do stand-up comedy, but I have been getting those sweet one-minute public comments when developments come up for consideration. So, you know, that's been my drug of choice now and um, been posting about it all the time and just gone down that wormhole. Oh, and so I also had for- a kid. Oh, you also had, oh, that's a small thing. Gotcha. So amongst everything else, you also, uh, you know, brought a life into the world. Comedy to doing something so noble as, you know, addressing uh, housing shortages. And then that small little thing of uh, bringing a child, bringing life to this world. So that's a lot. One of the reasons I'm so happy you're on the show is because last time you were on here, you were such a great judge and a judge knows all about rules. So I wanted to get your take on or your opinion on this with Ray kind of pushing the boundaries on the rules and kind of doing what he does. And I I may have on occasion, you know, tried to get away with shenanigans here and there. What's your take on rules and staying within the boundaries of them? Uh, I'm I'm for it. Good to know. All right. Um, (laughs) Good. So are you going to be someone who calls it out if you see either one of us making an infraction or such? Yeah, you know, I mean, hmm. That's a great question because, you know, sometimes you watch like sports and you're like, oh, just let the players play. And sometimes you're like, uh, but they shouldn't be getting away with that. Yeah, it's a good thing to ask me up front, so it keeps me honest. I guess you know I'm a bit I'm a bit of a compromise guy, so I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna hold Ray to the rules, but I won't hold you to the rules, and that's I think just no. Like, why make it different compromise. than any other like judge we've compromise. ever had on the show? That's fine. <laughs> that's a good compromise. You're a great judge. Oh <laughs> okay, so with that said, I can't wait for this battle. It's about that time. Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the hero who had no children, thus avoiding becoming an ice pop, Captain America. And representing the DC Extended Universe, the hero who cares about his PR so much that people often accuse him of goodwill hunting, Batman. Well done, Ray. Now, before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Now, rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, 
The debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality, Race to Canis, and the exact version Race to Canis of that character, Race to Canis, has to be specifically stated. Ray, <laughs> there's no other version. We're staying really within the tight guidelines unless there's a comic book version of Captain America MCU or a manga version or an anime version. What, what's your take on this? I'll be using the Square Enix video game Avengers video game version of... No, look, they were already given the characters in the boardroom. I've got MCU Captain America. You have Ben Affleck Batman. There's really no getting around it. I had to actually do extra research to make sure he didn't appear in some wild fan fiction comic book that you were going to try to take advantage of, but I, in fact, was happy to find out that did not happen. I believe there is fanfic, but I have not read it, so I will not be bringing it into play. Very good. Rule number four, debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five, the winner of the debate is whomever the judge decides is the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal. And finally, rule number six, the judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. Now, feel free to check out the official rules on our website, whowouldwinshow.com. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Who Would Win store. Get your official Who Would Win t-shirts, mugs, and merchandise by going to whowouldwinshow.com and clicking on the merch section. Remember to keep an eye out for new shirts all the time. Like the brand new hashtag IMF shirt now available. Need to what? convince someone of yes, it's crazy. Need to convince someone of something somehow, some way. Use intoxicating mind fog to get the results you want. Supplies are unlimited, so get your hashtag IMF shirt today. I know I will. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Look, as guys, so much of our personal identity is wrapped up in our hair. From how it feels after getting a great haircut to the way we style it before going out. And that's why when we get into our 20s and 30s and start noticing the first signs of hair loss, it definitely feels like panic time. Because let's face it, no guy is ever ready to go bald. Thankfully, now there's Keeps, the simple and easy way to keep your hair. And in the olden days of yore, you had to go to a doctor to get a prescription. But now, with Keeps... You can do all that online and get the hair loss medication delivered right to your front door every three months. No more waiting at the doctor's office. No more waiting at the pharmacy. So find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors and why more than 100,000 men trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention medication. Keeps treatments start at, wow, just $10 a month. Plus, for a limited time, you can get your first month free. Look, there's only two FDA-approved products out there to combat hair loss. Heck, you might have even tried them before, but you've never tried them with this convenience and at this price. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash win to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash win. And now let's get to the tail of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details on Captain America. Captain America is a star-spangled superhero who first appeared in Captain America Comics number one back in 1941. He was created by Jack Kirby and Joe Simon to be the all-American hero this country needed during World War II. He is played by Chris Evans in the MCU and first appeared in Captain America The First Avenger in 2011. By now, we're all pretty familiar with the story of Steve Rogers, the wimpy kid with a strong heart who was injected with experimental super soldier serum and became a superhuman pinnacle of American decency. Having helped win World War II, Cap was frozen in ice and thawed out by S.H.I.E.L.D. to form the backbone of the Avengers Initiative. Since then, he's helped save the planet from Loki, Ultron, Hydra, the Sokovian Accords, and also the Mad King Thanos. Fun fact, the casting of Chris Evans as Captain America is a no-brainer in every regard, but Evans himself turned down the role a shocking three times before finally saying yes. I know, right? Evans was worried about the sudden fame that would come with playing such an iconic character in such a massive movie series. It was not until Iron Man himself, Robert Downey Jr., reached out to Evans and assured him that if he took this role, he could have whatever other roles he wanted forever till the end of time. And then Evans finally said, yes, the rest is history. That is MCU Captain America. You know, I got to ask, are there once you play Captain America to the level that he played Captain America, are there really any other roles you would want? Well, clearly, because he's still working. Gotcha. Gotcha. I bet you he doesn't want them as badly as he does Captain America. I bet you he comes back as Captain America. More on that later. All right. Well done, Ray. Uh, here are the details for Batman. Batman was created by artist Bob Kane and writer Bill Finger and first appeared in Detective Comics number 27 way back in 1939. Everything changed for Bruce Wayne when his parents were gunned down in front of him during a botched robbery. Swearing vengeance and all crime, Bruce traveled the world, developing violent coping skills for his war on crime. However, he lacked an edge. Taking on the mantle of the bat, he became a symbol 
symbol of fear to criminals in Gotham and beyond. Yeah, I'm not going to give any more history on Batman. He's Batman. There you go. <laughs> Here's an interesting fact about Batman. Did you know that you could weigh yourself in Batmans? It's true. Turns out a Batman is a unit of weight used by the Ottoman Empire before they adopted the metric system. And a Batman, yeah, it's crazy. It's a Batman <laughs> was 16 pounds. So Batman himself probably weighs between, I'd say somewhere between 12 and 15 Batmans. I did the math. I'm just over 16 Batmans. Ray, how many Batmans are you? It's got to be in the thousands. Fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's a lot of Batmans. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Toby, do you have any questions before we get started? I have uh, uh, one question. I don't know if you're aware of this fun fact. Both of these protagonists are from Boston, at least the actors who play them. And I'm also from Boston. So I don't know if that was on purpose, but you got a Boston Battle Royale on your hands. Oh my gosh! I, you know what? I I had a, I didn't know that about Captain Mar- or um, Chris Evans. Yeah, Chris, Chris Evans. Boston. That's crazy! Wow, yeah. that's amazing. it was crazy okay. because we actually had a third contestant with a third uh, competitor. We were never going to do this before, but somebody was going to rep Larry Bird on the show, and <laughs> yeah. it turns out they had to back out at the last second. We had to stick with just these two. Ah, uh, Bird all the way. That's yeah, I mean, it, it would have been too man. easy. Would have been too easy for the outsider. Is that's the neutral true. environment the Boston Garden? I would assume so, yeah. <laughs> Either that um, or uh, inside of Wahlburgers. <laughs> yeah. Interesting, interesting, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we're ready for this battle. Uh, this is going to be insane. Ray, please bring it because I will absolutely be bringing it hardcore today. Give us your point number one. James, I don't think I have a choice but to bring it, quite frankly. I don't think I know. You've known me for long enough. Do I have a speed other than 11? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's called 12, but yeah. no. You're about to see it. My first point for MCU Captain America, let's talk about the super soldier serum because at the end of the day, the thing we all know about Batman and it's every version of Batman is that he is just a guy in a suit who works out a lot. Yes, he's got some skills, he's got some gadgets, he's got some knowledge, but he does not have superpowers. It's the one thing, the first thing anybody's going to tell you about Batman. But Captain America, having signed up for the program to get injected with the super soldier serum, has now enhanced his physicals, his mentals, his acumen, Everything about him has now been cranked up to 11, speaking of which, so the point where he is now a superhuman individual. Some people have described him as peak human. I would argue that the MCU version is slightly higher than that without question, and here's why. His strength was deeply enhanced. You know, he started out as that wimpy kid who got beat up in the alley uh, behind, you know, the milk shack. That's fine. But now, he's a guy who, when he hits you, you go flying through the air. And I'm not just talking about rank-and-file people on the street. I'm talking about trained mercenaries and other superheroes like Bucky the Winter Soldier, who he hit. Spider-Man. He kicked so hard and flew into, he flew into the wheels of a jet and kind of crank the jet a few feet. Like, when he hits you, you feel it. You go flying because he has super strength. What else does that mean? He flew under the water and was able to one-punch the window on, what, a submarine? With one punch, he was able to shatter the glass underwater. You know the level of strength that has you have to have in order to do that? It's the same strength you would need to pick up a log while you're chopping wood and rip it in half. He also did that in the movies. Incredible. There was a car that was about to fly over the edge of an overpass, and he was able to grab the car and stop it for a short period of time when he didn't give out. The bumper he was grabbing gave out, and the car went over the edge, but he was able to stop a car from falling. Those are heavy. I don't know if you guys know this. He picks up up punching bags with one hand and just hangs them up on the hook. You can't just do that unless you have a superior level of strength. He picked up his motorcycle, and he threw it. 
Who picks up their motorcycle and uses it as a weapon? And the best one of all, the helicopter that was trying to take off, and he did the super Captain America double bicep move, and it was the greatest thing in movie history, quite frankly, when he stopped a helicopter from taking off with his bare hands. Batman doesn't have any matches for these feats because he doesn't have super strength and super durability. He's shown that he can take shots. He took a plasma shot right to the gut during the uh, invasion of New York, and he was able to get up and keep fighting afterwards. Those things will rip a hole in people, but not Captain America. He was able to outrun cars when chasing Black Panther. He was also able to catch up to that sub that was previously mentioned in order to punch its window out. He outruns motorized vehicles. That's ridiculous. And it, it is durability. I want to get into that some more because Bucky with his robotic arm with anger of the universe behind him punched him square in the face six times when he wasn't defending himself and he was hurt but he was able to keep going if he had wanted to keep going in that moment Quicksilver hit him with what I can only be assuming is an infinite mass punch and he was able to tank that as well. My goodness, taking shots from Iron Man, taking shots from Spider-Man, super strong, super powerful individuals. He was able to dodge Bucky, speed again, able to dodge Bucky when he threw his own shield back at him. He was able to dodge Ultron, who has robotic computerized brain and can figure out where you are and where you are going to go. And he was able to dodge Ultron because he's just that fast. So you've got enhanced strength, enhanced speed, enhanced durability, all because he is an actual, I don't know, superhero. And that is my point number one. This is all interesting stuff. So a couple of questions. You said that when Bucky hit him, he had the anger of the universe behind him. That's right. Can you, can you quantify that for me, please? Sure. It's the anger I feel every time I lose a who would win match. That's fair. That's fair. That's a lot of anger. Okay, so we I agree. He's higher than peak human. Like in Marvel Comics, they had him for a while where he could like press 800 pounds over his head. I do believe he's stronger than that. So oh, I'm going to give you that one. What year was this when he punched, cracked that window of the submarine? That was a long, long time ago. I believe that was back in the uh, the World War II era. Am I correct? Yes, I think that's right. Got it. Okay, so the question I have is, who couldn't do that? Do you can you do you remember the the craftsmanship of submarines back then? Do you remember what diving suits looked like? They didn't even have a covering the face. It was just a cage. You know what I mean? It was just horrible. Uh, yes, they had all that, all that, James. But I also know that water hasn't changed its physical properties. And landing a punch that can break a window of something designed not to break because it's meant to withstand the pressure of the ocean is probably a pretty big deal in any era. Was it in New York Harbor? Don't worry about that. Yeah, slightly different. Okay. Um, and then um, he's, you said he split a chunk of a log. I remember that. He hangs a punching bag with one hand. We call that normal Canadian strength, back where I'm from. <laughs> That's not a big deal. By the way, don't forget, hashtag IMF shirts are now available on the Who Would Win store. Watch me use that right now. Point number one. Let's talk about the man behind the mask. So Batman's IQ is 192. And put that in perspective, I think Einstein's was 162. Batman is trained in well over 50 styles of martial arts. I'm saying 50 because the real-life Batman, the comic book version, I think it was 127 styles. But the Ben Affleck one, from all the research I did, they kept saying it was a lot. I'm going to cap it at 50. Batman can read body language and human behavior as if he's reading a book. That's well-established with the Bat Batfleck version as well. He's disciplined enough to be a master in the fields of detective and forensic 
forensic science, physics, electrical engineering, amongst many other things. And here's the big, biggest thing. Batman also may have the worst case of OCD I've ever seen. There is no one, and I mean no one more obsessed with coming out on top than him. So think about it. Steve Rogers was given this enhanced body and mind that helped him learn how to fight as well as become, I think, pretty well like a, a tactical genius when it comes to battlefield, you know, strategical stuff like that. He developed this fighting ability in his mind, sure, but that was after he was given the super steroid boost, right? By the way, who wouldn't want that boost? I'd take it right now. Batman, however, became a physical specimen and busted his butt to develop his genius IQ, photographic memory, and what fueled Batman's obsession with crime fighting, you know, to the point where he spent the majority of his life developing a genius level IQ, physical perfection, became the world's greatest detective, and have mastery of all his fighting styles was because, again, it's his super obsessive disorder, his OCD. That's the difference between Captain America and Batman. Captain America has this desire to win versus Batman having this insane obsession to win. And what that means is Captain America has a code. Captain America fights a certain way. I'm going to get more into that later, but he tries to not break that code. Batman, his only code is do whatever it takes to win. By the way, all the rules Batman has of not killing and not maiming someone too badly and all that, out the window with Batfleck, he has killed people. He actually will brand someone with a bat signal or bat symbol so that when they go to prison, people can identify him and they realize, oh, they did some really horrible crimes. Let's get that guy in prison. This is a maniacally, insanely violent version of Batman. I kind of like it, by the way. But there's one more area in which Batman blows Captain America out of the water, and that's in the area of stealth. So when it comes to fighting, it's not the punches that hit you hard that you saw coming that really you know do the damage. It's the punches that you didn't see coming that really hurt you badly and take you out. That's Batman's style. So when it comes to being stealthy, Batman is really in a league of its own. How many times have we seen Batman, he appeared from out of nowhere, or he disappeared when he was all of a sudden in plain view? And although Batman's ability to use stealth is isn't superhuman. It is good enough to be used against superheroes and especially superhero beings with super senses. He did that all the time in Dawn of Justice and Justice League as well. So with Batman's super effective stealth, which allows him to disappear, stay completely undetectable, and then sneak up and plant like devices and explosives on people, why couldn't he set off a, I don't know, a smoke grenade, cause a distraction, plant explosives on Captain America, and set them to go off at a later time and beat him that way? Hey, more on that later. That's my point number one. Okay, so you you basically started by talking about anything but the character that you wanted to talk about, and then you finally <laughs> worked it back to the one you were actually meaning to talk about. Intoxicating mind fog, indeed. The things I want to talk about here in my quick rebuttal is... The one thing that really struck me when I started breaking down these two characters is Captain America, as we said before, super heroic, superhuman, doesn't age very well, can't get drunk, right? He's, he's super strong, super tough. Ben Affleck's Batfleck version of Batman is actually a very advanced age Batman. He's got gray hair. He's been through the ringer a few times, and he's not quite as fast, not quite as sharp, quite frankly, and not definitely as strong as he used to be. So he has to rely a lot more on wearing a heavy suit that does not allow him the same level of maneuverability because he's already not fast enough to dodge things. He has to rely on armor to protect him more so than ever before. Also, the characters that he's doing these stealth tricks, uh, when he beats up 20 guys in a warehouse, that's cool, but he's doing that against non-superpowered individuals. Regular run-of-the-mill you know, Bruce Lee opponents from a karate film. They stand up, then he beats them <laughs> down, and then he gets to the next one in line. We all know all about this. 
So I would actually contend that based on all the versions of Batman and all the versions of Captain America, I believe it's been well established. This is maybe one of the best versions of Captain America, but this is one of the worst versions of Batman. And I think that given the two together, it's easy to see why Captain America goes over in this match. All right. So real quick, why do you say Batman is the Batfleck is one of the weakest and why are you wrong? Second one, uh, second question for you real quick, Ray. Are, are, do we know for a fact that the people in the warehouse, the trained mercenaries with the guns and knives and everything, aren't the same people in that Bruce Lee movie you're referencing? who surrounded him and came at him one at a time. Is that, I have, has that I have been no proof that they are not the same people or at Got least it. related to each other, maybe through a bloodline of some kind. That's and I've already That's outlined why I think this is one of the most weakest versions of Batman. One, he he, he he gets duped and surprised all the time. You know, he the white Portuguese thing where he couldn't figure it out right away that it was a boat. I mean, that's kind of outrageous right there. The fact that Wonder Woman got over on him in his little heist mission, that already is kind of like, how would Batman have anybody get over on him? Doesn't he have contingency plans? Batfleck clearly does not. Got it. Okay, so, uh, Toby, you've heard points, one, from both Ray and myself. Where's your head at right now? Wow, this is a, this is a, a great debate, I got to say. I, I'm very impressed. Ray, you opened strong. You know, you, you made a lot of really great points about, you know, just super strength versus non-super strength. If super strength is going to mean anything, you know, it's got to be the ability to dominate someone who doesn't have it. And so I was like, yeah, man, how, how's Batman going to stand the chance? And then, you know, to your credit, James, you didn't just try to, like, eradicate it. You're like, I, I concede a few points, you know, I see where you're coming from. And then you slapped in the almost a trump card of, oh, but Batman has actually done this before and like a lot, you know, and taken on superheroes. Like I like Captain America, I think, you know, overall. But then I also thought, you know, Batman, he's worked to get where he's at. Right. And that's almost more American, you know, than Captain America. And then what's more American than that is saying you worked, but also having inherited wealth. And so I think <laughs> if, you, if you're judging by Americanism, you know, it's, it's not as clear cut as you might think. Also, I love the martial arts, you know, I mean, you know, like you have the super strength, but also like a lot of these movies, you see people just brute force, punch in the face, punch in the face, punch in the face. But if you have the ability to use someone's force and speed against them, you know, sometimes that can uh, turn the tables. So, I mean, at this point, I, I think I'm leaning towards Captain America just just because, you know, if Batman is the protagonist, they both kind of have plot armor, you know, sort of a thing. But if this is a random encounter, cameras off, I think I'm going to go. I'm leaning towards Captain America at this point. But, you know, still still open mind. OK, cool, cool, cool. So, Ray, you're starting off strong with this episode. I really like it. OK, go ahead and hit us with your point number two. Point number two for MCU Captain America. I want to talk a little bit about his gear, but most importantly, his base main weapon, his vibranium shield. Now, vibranium is a substance in the MCU, which is similar to what adamantium would be like Wolverine's claws. It's an unbreakable metal, Prometheum in the DC universe. Vibranium, it just cannot be damaged in any way. We've seen the vibranium shield take all kinds of shots. In fact, we've seen it block uh, guns, obviously pistols, 
machine guns, he's been able to just throw up the shield and block whatever he's got. He's also been able to block plasma attacks, the one that hit him in the gut that did knock him down, but he was able to get up again afterwards. He's able to basically tank those like crazy with the vibranium shield. Not just that, Loki Scepter, kind of a big deal. He was able to tank that as well. Ultron, a very, very powerful individual from the Age of Ultron movie. The shield protected him from that as well. Not just that, the most impressive feat of all with the shield is when Big Thor came down with the hammer in the woods and Captain America was like, oh no, just threw up the shield as sort of a Hail Mary, not even sure if it was going to work. And not only did it work, it was able to absorb the energy and reflect Thor's hammer energy back at him again to the point where the entire woods shook and Thor threw flew through the air backwards from trying to land such a shot. So if you don't think Captain America has the wherewithal to use it against things like batarangs, smoke grenades, or even a weird gun that this strange version of Batman would try to pull out. You got another thing coming because not only is he extremely durable with the vibranium shield, he's very adept at using it as an offensive weapon. Against Spider-Man, he was able to use it to cut the webs, which screwed up Spider-Man completely because nobody had ever done that to him before. He thought they were basically invulnerable till the vibranium shield cut him and took him off guard. He was able to put a dent into Ultron with the shield. Again, super powerful character. He was able to embed the shield into Ultron while he was fighting with him. Uh, He was able to cut hard steel elevator cables and and drop an elevator that way but not just that he's able to uh throw the shield and do all kinds of damage and work it into his various combat because one thing we know about captain america the character he's one of the best trained fighters martial artists what have you in all of marvel of the comic books as well as the mcu he's the one that trains other people he was he trained with black widow he trains with hawkeye if i remember correctly he trains with all of these people in order to make them better because eventually he knows he's going to need to rely on them for the safety of the earth so he uses this martial arts training to use the shield as an offensive weapon which he uses it to not just throw at people and bounce off of them and have it come back to him he's able to ricochet it off of other objects and then hit him he has that sort of mental capacity to figure out the science behind if i throw it to the left it's going to right angle and bank him in the back of the head that's the kind of damage that he's able to do with it and not just that he's been able to he's been able to throw the shield have it come back to him and then kick the shield back at the person a second time the speed the uh, agility the martial arts it takes to pull something off like that batman doesn't quite move fast enough to deal with something like this if he didn't have two weeks prep time in kryptonite superman obviously would have ripped him limb from limb but one of the coolest things that i found is that he has a magnet in his arm that allows him to pull the shield back much like thor could pull the shield to him he could use this magnet to pull the vibranium shield back so if he throws it and for whatever reason it doesn't come back to him like he always tries to bank he can pull it back with the magnet and still have it to continue on the fight so it's not like he's ever going to be in danger against batfleck of losing the shield the only other thing i talk about military training you know you talked about the smoke and grenades and all that stuff being good he fought in world war ii where smoke grenades were being used all the time and he trained for that and he actually had real live issues and situations in combat dealing with areas in smoke so i don't think it's going to be as big deal for him as it would be for other people and the last thing his armor itself you know it's not quite as uh, thick say as the bat suit would be although if you can dent the ultron you can uh, ultron prime you could probably dent the bat suit as well but it does it does allow him to prevent a lot of cuts from being made howard stark told him that this could prevent you from being cut a lot when you're when you're wearing it so he does have a certain amount of durability naturally but also from the armor as well that's my point number two okay so you're saying he wears armor instead of a uniform is that correct 
That is correct. He wears a lighter armor, which can protect him from a lot of sharp objects and other things. That's interesting. How did Bucky, as a Winter Soldier, then put a knife into him, into his like chest area? I think it was upper chest shoulder. How did he actually drive that knife Super into him? Super strength, James. <laughs> Got it. So it did go through. So what? it can't actually puncture. It can be punctured, correct? Now, the reason Not I bring that up, by the way. regular, non-superpowered individuals, which is, I think, important here. Here's here's the thing. What's interesting is that is his suit's not puncture proof, but I do think it is. It, and I don't even think it's bulletproof. And I'm going to kind of go more into that. I do think it's damage resistant, but mm-hmm. it's never been something where he's been able to withstand a lot of shots without showing like it really affected him. He's been able to get up, tank it, shake it off, and then keep fighting. I think that's more a testament to his willpower and his physicality. I don't think his armor, his uniform, has really been a big play into his 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 uh, proficiency in fighting. Which, albeit, is very, very high. A couple of things. Does Batman? Oh, by the way, his shield is not adamantium, right? It's not sorry. Vibranium is actually nothing like adamantium. This is really important. So, vibranium, something hits it, it absorbs the kinetic energy. So, if a bullet hits the shield, the bullet drops. It doesn't ricochet and bounce off. It's got some really cool properties like that. I'm saying that because if we, if I don't, you know, Ray, you know our fan no, base. No, no, they'll, you're they'll totally fine. I'm just saying that it has the same level of durability as adamantium. It, it does not, but keep going. Uh, here's the other <laughs> thing. Does Batman shoot plasma or energy beams? Unfortunately not. Got it. So that won't be an issue. Does he, he fights, carry he like shoots far less powerful? That's, things. He does. That's true. Does he carry like a big hammer like Mjolnir or what have you? You mentioned You'd be that. lucky if he did. Gotcha. Has Captain America ever lost his shield? Absolutely. He had it drop in his a fight with the Winter Soldier. It fell out of the uh, large high up area that they were fighting. Got it. And also, I think it happened when he fought himself when they went back in time, right? When he fought his, his they other They threw two time. shields at each other and they both bounced away. Yep. Okay. And then the last thing, the way that magnet, I love that magnet on his forearm kind of thing. But the way that works is if the, the shield is coming back to him, he can put his arm out and the magnet, if it matches it up, it'll catch on his forearm. Or if it's on the ground, he can kind of kick it and it'll bounce up and you can put that form there. It's not something where he can throw the shield. He uses his magnet and it comes right back to him like Thor's hammer. Just need to clear that up because his shield, as great as it is, can be – there are, have been instances where it's been taken away from. Speaking of hammers, let me get to my point number two. Captain America, in my opinion, he's like a hammer. He's a hammer who can hit any nail super hard over and over again to accomplish what he's trying to do as long as he's a hammer. But what if you don't need a hammer? What if you need a screwdriver or a saw or a pair of pliers or a wrench? What if you need versatility in a battle? A multi-dimensional approach, if you will. What if instead of a hammer, you need something absolutely amazing like flex tape, right? You remember flex tape. And then who is that guy? He's that crazy guy with the crazy eyes who smiles crazy. Phil Swift. Phil Swift from flex tape saying that's a lot of damage, right? Whenever you had to use flex tape to fix something. Captain America is like a hammer. And Batman, as weird as this is, is flex tape. So let me keep explaining this if you need to remember all that the flex tape infomercial if you need to put two halves of a boat together seal a leak plug a bucket because you stabbed it like a maniac while looking at a camera and again saying that's a lot of damage this is why that infomercial is my favorite thing ever john tron did it on youtube it is absolutely hilarious by the way a great product and what won't fix any of that kind of damage is a hammer but you know what will flex tape by the way do you know what you can turn into a hammer Flex tape. You can actually take flex tape, mold it all together with your hands, and turn it into a pretty good hammer. That's what flex tape is. That's what Batman is. So let me kind of explain this in a bit more detail. Batman, like flex tape, 
He can do many things with his gadgetry and his suit. Ray, you already talked a little bit about it, so let me go into more details. This took a little bit more research than I expected because there's not a lot out there about what Batfleck Batman has in his utility belt and all the gadgets on his suit. So this is a partial list at best. With that being said, he's got a high-powered grappling gun that can, when he shoots it out and pulls him up to higher places, that gives him the equivalent of superhuman agility and superhuman speed. I think that just means he can go faster than the fastest human. He's not running like a flash or what have you. He's got various forms of batarangs that explode, uses darts. Some are dipped with tranquilizers and various toxic substances. He's got mini grenades that are high-powered explosives, contain tear gas or knockout gas, as well as you know regular smoke. He's got a mini rocket launcher on him. I don't think that's actually going to come into play, but you never know. He's got these really cool sticky explosives that he can shoot out dozens at a time with insane accuracy. Now, we saw this in that warehouse scene where Batman kind of breaks into this big, huge warehouse where there's like dozens of trained mercenaries with guns trained on the floor, you know, waiting for him to come through. He blasts through what faster they can follow. From the rooftop or the where rafters, he shoots out these sticky explosives in such a way they stick to everyone's gun. And all of a sudden, boop, 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 boom, and all of them just kind of blow up in their hands. He's got that kind of crazy accuracy. He's got a high-powered net launcher that can capture and completely mobilize a parademon who has the equivalent strength of Captain America. Now, let me just put that in context. Captain America, he's got super strength. He can pick up a person and throw him probably like 10 feet in the air. He can kick a truck and make it move like six feet in another direction. He can pick up a motorcycle and throw it. A parademon has shown all of the equivalent forms of strength. So I actually do think it's a good approximation in terms of strength and overall power. So in the beginning of the Justice League movie, what does Batman do? He actually captures a parademon with his net and completely immobilizes it. The parademon actually has to kill itself to stop from being trapped. Let's talk about his suit. So Batman's suit is super durable and impact resistant. He's got fins on the, that are like sharp daggers on the side of his uh, gauntlets that he can use to like stab people, cut people, or... Or stop his fall if he's falling across something. His suit is bulletproof throughout the whole body. Uh, it's bulletproof through the arms as well as the torso. And this is the really cool part. He actually gets shot in the back of the head at point blank range twice. Like, bad, bad, double tap. In the back of the head, he grunts, turns around, and disarms the knife and then breaks the guy's arm. Because why not? So that means if you get shot in the back of the head, it's not just bulletproof. It actually diffuses impact. And this is one of the cool things they hint at is that Batflex suit actually diffuses impact not not like Vibranium does, but it has that diffusion of impact kind of like tendency or or uh, capability, which means that explains why he can get punched in the head by superpowered beings like a Superman or whatever, and he can still take it. He's okay. We also see Batman uh, tank direct hits from Parademons shooting their advanced energy weapons like energy blasters at him, just like uh, Captain America did, except Cap Bat- it didn't slow Batman down at all. Puts up his arm, shields it. He's good to go. And what makes all this interesting, by the way, is the fact that Batman uses all of his gadgets, his bats and everything like a boxer uses punches in combinations so a jab cross hook is batman saying here's the smoke grenade here's the net launcher and here's i don't know my explosives so he can use all of his stuff at master level in any combination he wants in rapid fire ways he's a master of all of that remember ocd kind of has some positive things going for it as well just like a hammer is nowhere near as versatile as flex tape captain america really is nowhere near as versatile as Batman. And that's not even taken into consideration that Batman can still be a hammer when needed. That's my point number two. 
Boy, there's a lot there I got to talk about, and I only have a limited amount of time to do it. So first off, you say his grappling hook basically allows him to have super speed and super agility, James. That's outrageous. That's like saying because I once flew on an airplane, I have super speed. It's not me doing anything crazy. It's the it's the the object that I'm interacting with. So I would completely take that away immediately. He doesn't just have super speed because he can shoot a thing and fly in the air up a building. That's not super speed, James. I hate to be the one to break it to you. Now you talk about... About, oh, a hammer is really, really great against a, uh, against a screwdriver in a battle. Well, let me tell you, there's a situation where if you hit a screwdriver with a hammer, the screwdriver is going to break. So the fact that you're trying to bring a screwdriver to a battle of hammers is probably not the best analogy that you would want to be uh, working for. And the other thing I wanted to point out is you talked about the warehouse scene, probably the best scene that Batflick has been involved with. It's, it's one of my favorites. He throws those explosive items on all the guns of all the people that he's fighting against. So what I hear you saying is he aims for the weapons of the people with the explosives. If he tries to aim for the weapon of Captain America, guess what? He's getting vibranium shield and it's at best going to do nothing. At worst, it's going to shoot back at Batman with some sort of, sort of kinetic force. And that is not a situation he's prepared for because he needs preparation. Let's keep it real he's just not in a good matchup here against captain america yeah that's what batman would do he'd analyze his opponent see he's got a shield and say that's his strongest point let me shoot explosives at his strongest point that protects his whole body not gonna happen all right toby listen you're at now what's called the turning point you've heard two points from ray you've heard two points from me now it's time for you to tell us which of these two characters is, is ahead and what the other character has to do to pull out the win Okay. First of all, compliments to you both. I mean, I, th- I think you both had some good points. Ray, I really like the way you quantified in sort of objective terms, you know, like how much force he was generating through empirical evidence, you know? I mean, James, earlier you were measuring things in Batmans, but uh, still not as much, uh, not, a, not as vivid image. I, I did like, though, James, how you begin, began your approach by questioning Ray like he was a witness on the stands, you know, with rhetorical questions, trying to make him squirm. He nearly incriminated himself with a bad argument. That's, you know, really expert debating skills. But then you got into the stuff about flex tape, and you lost me, man. Like, I don't know if flex tape can stretch, but it can't stretch as much as that argument. Like, (laughs) I mean, flex tape is a wonderful product. Don't be surprised we get sponsored, or if I get sponsored by flex tape soon. By the way, Phil Swift is a national treasure. Go ahead. I was actually about to ask you, did we pick up a flex tape sponsorship? And I didn't know about it because you're selling it awfully hard. (laughs) I I had to figure something out. Like what can, why is Batman so versatile? What is as versatile as Batman? It's flex tape. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like overall, I feel like Batman, you know, he's just coming across as a lower rent Captain America. You know, Mm. it's like, he's got armor. Well, it's not as good, but it's pretty good. You know, and he's got like strength and he's pretty strong, but I mean, he's not as strong as Captain America. The, the one asymmetrical argument I have for Batman in my mind, and I think you're going to need to sell me on it, is that Batman has the intelligence. You know, I don't think Captain America is as smart as Batman. And there are some weapons that he has, not the rockets or the brute force things, which Captain America has dealt before, but stuff like poison, I could totally see. I don't, I don't think Captain America has any... imperviousness to poison so like if batman can outsmart him and and exploit one weakness you know sometimes that's all it takes to uh knock out captain america i've certainly seen captain america get knocked out by other opponents and early on in movies and you know have to fight his way back so you know and this is only one round you know he doesn't have three acts to get back into it so that's that's the way i could see it 
But uh, right now, I definitely uh, have to look at Captain America as just being an all-around stronger character. So that's, that's where it. I'm at right now. Okay, cool. So, Ray, you're ahead, which is interesting. I just hope I have something. I just hope I have something in my last argument that can maybe somehow answer the questions that our brilliant judge has posed for Batman. It's a uh, shame that you don't. I know. I just, <laughs> uh, I'll, get, I'll be better prepared next time. Ray, go ahead and hit us for your point number three. Point number three, let's just talk about the history of Captain America throughout the MCU and all of the villains that he's defeated and all of the battles that he's won, because there are a heck of a lot of them. So let's talk first off here. Uh, Early on in the first Captain America, he did, in fact, punch Hitler in the face repeatedly. Now, it was an actor playing Hitler, but I'd like to say the spirit was still there. Kudos for Kudos. Sorry, go ahead. Absolutely, absolutely. He's able to, uh, in in the first Avengers movie, he was able to go toe-to-toe. And here's the deal. What I'm talking about some of these battles because not all of them are necessarily a two minute down for the count win but I consider each of these battles to be a time when he either held his own against a character who could be perceived as a higher status than him or outright defeated these characters okay so here's a list of all the characters and accomplishments that he's had throughout the MCU because he was able to put on over on Spider-Man he was able to defeat Spider-Man he was also able to defeat War Machine he was able to get over on Iron Man in the end of the Civil War movie he fights Iron Man, who's got the pinnacle of the power suit, if you will. If you want to argue that Batman is a power suit, Iron Man has an equally, if not better, power suit with all the same types of weapons equipped with them. And Captain America fought toe-to-toe with Iron Man and was able to bring him down, drive his shield into the power core, and defeat Iron Man. That was a heck of a feat. But he also went back in time and beat the younger version of himself, which was an abs... Anytime you can go back and beat the younger, more virile, more, more energetic version version of yourself and that version of Captain America I believe it was right after it was taking place right after the first Avengers movie so that dude had still had something to prove and that dude was still fighting real hard before he started getting a little jaded by the Civil War storyline he was able to beat that version of himself he was able to beat Bucky in hand-to-hand combat he was able to beat Crossbones and not just beat Crossbones he also disarmed him in the battle which he's done multiple times he one of his favorite maneuvers is find out what kind of weapon your opponent's using and take that away from them disarm them he did it to Cross bones he did it to corvus and in in a lesser extent he did it to to thor when he was able to withstand that hammer and shoot him backwards so he's that's one of his go-to moves and that's what i love and and if you don't think he beat spider-man in the civil war movie tony stark told spider-man that captain america if he could have gone longer would have outright humiliated him so i'm going to put that on the record right now he's got a win over ultron right he's got in in the earth invasion you know one of my favorite things that happened in the original avengers movie he drops down and the cop says why should we listen to you and he beats up two aliens that he did not have prior knowledge of. He did not, he was not prepared to fight these aliens. He just knew they were aliens. And he kicks the butt of a handful of aliens. And the New York cop, one of the least people to be impressed on this planet by anything you're ever going to do, is a New York City police officer. And that guy immediately turned and said, okay, two guys up in that building. And you do this. And you get the perimeter out here. Why? Because Captain America is not just a great fighter, but he's a leader of men. And he knows how to win. <laughs> and he knows how to fight. Because you know what? You talk about book smarts. And I'll say Batman, even the Ben Affleck version, who's a little dopey, is more book smart than Captain America. But on a battlefield, I would argue there's nobody you want on there other than Captain America because there's combat smarts, which is a little different than science smarts at the end of the day and maybe a little bit more helpful here. But let's talk about it. The elevator scene. The elevator scene when he gets taken over by Hydra, S.H.I.E.L.D. gets taken over by Hydra and he has to fight, what, 12 guys in an elevator at the same time? There's no room to maneuver in there, but he beats all of them and they're all highly trained mercenaries and he destroys them all even though... (laughs) 
There's no way you could possibly do that. He's Captain America. He found a way to do it. Let's see. He beat the Red Skull. He beat the Black Panther, okay? Uh, as well as, okay, and a couple of big ones right here. We know he's worthy. He picked up Mjolnir in Endgame. Spoiler alert. He's able to hold Thor's hammer. We saw him budget I believe in one of the other Avengers movies and Thor got real nervous for two seconds, but then by the end of Endgame, he was fully worthy. You ask yourself, is Ben Affleck's Batman who kills people and shoots people? Is he worthy of holding Mjolnir? The answer is very clearly no, but MCU Captain America is and I left the best for last Thanos. He went toe-to-toe with Thanos, and yes, he did lose this battle, but height of his powers, Thanos, with all the Infinity Stones, saw Captain America and was going to just punch him and move through him, right? He goes to go drop Captain America, but Captain America is able to hold Thanos and hold up Thanos and block him at the height of his strength. This is Superman-level strength. Look, Batflick needed kryptonite. Captain America is kryptonite because he was able to hold back Thanos for a little bit before finally succumbing because this is a world-ending monstrosity. But the fact that he could put his arms up and go toe-to-toe with Thanos for any length of time outside of one fraction of one second is dynamic. And it's beyond anything that Batman ever showed himself able to do. And that's my point number three. So Thanos is an interesting thing because, you know, Thanos just kind of put his hand out. I do remember that scene. It was really dramatic. Captain America is holding his hand, his big, you know, huge hand with both of his hands holding him. And Thanos is like, cool. And he didn't use the Infinity Stones. He he punched him with his other hand to take him out. Which, by the way, Thanos is great. He beat the Hulk. But the thing is, with the DC Universe, I don't know if there's anyone in Marvel who actually has the strength and power of Superman. Just putting that out there. And that's a, a legit fact. Okay. A lot of these fights that you said that he won War Machine, Black Panther. Panther. I think those are two opponents that he took on during the Civil War movie. He didn't beat them. He doesn't have one-on-one battles against them. These are a lot of people who he fought. Spider-Man, that was his first time ever you know, wearing the spider suit and actually fighting superhumans. I think he was 15 at the time. Not bad, but a 15-year-old first-time Spider-Man to win. Not as significant as you might think. The elevator scene, I'm just going to say what it is. It's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. 12 people. Batman took out way more than 12 people in the warehouse scene, just so we can compare apples to apples. He had more space to move, though. I don't think that can be argued. <laughs> he did. He did. But there was it was a really nice view that Captain America had from that elevator. I don't know if you remember. It was really nice. It was a sunny day. So I don't know what that it was. Nice was anything. It was a yeah. nice day. Okay. So he does have a list of people who he's fought, who he's taken on. He had a hard time with Winter Soldier throughout the whole movie. He did get a win at the end. It was hard fought. Did get stabbed a few times. So I, I get where you're coming from. But let me kind of paint a different picture for a sec. Let me go. Let me just go straight to my point number three. Look, in, in any situation of fight, you can absolutely, no joke, Count on Captain America, you know, he's going to go straight at the target and he's never going to give up fighting. You got to beat Captain America to beat him, right? You've got to, you're not going to tell him to leave. There's no Batman saying, here's a check for a billion dollars, walk away. And, you know, like what he would do with Deadpool, I'm absolutely sure of it. So this is someone who's going to keep on fighting till the end. When Captain America took on Loki, Loki, sorry, he went straight in and fought him directly started losing pretty badly. Luckily, Iron Man came along and saved the day. Uh, When he took on Iron Man, he definitely got the win with Winter Soldier's help a lot of the way through that. When he took on Thanos both times and went in head first, you know, once Infinity War, he got knocked out, you know, but that was still cool and very noble how he held his hand for a second. And then an endgame where even with previous experience, 
that he had about Thanos couldn't take him out with the help of Iron Man and Thor when they fought a second time, which is weird because you'd think Iron Man would have contingency plans, whatever. So the reason Captain America is going to lose it, though, is because of what happened when he took on Batroc the Leaper, played by George St. Pierre, amazing MMA fighter, at the beginning of the Winter Soldier movie. So I don't know if you recall this. Batroc, who is the, the captain of this terrorist ship, whatever, takes on Captain America. They start fighting. And Captain America is doing really well. He's using his shield to block offensively the whole thing. So Batroc says to Captain America, you know, is this how you want to win? You want to use your shield? You want to have an unfair advantage? So what does Captain America do? He risks the mission, the terrorist plans of this whole organization. He's like, okay, I'll play fair. I'll drop my shield. Now let's fight. And they fight. Now, luckily, Captain America did get the, you know, after a hard battle, did get the win, but he dropped his shield. The most ridiculous thing of that whole movie, which was a great movie, by the way, is he actually dropped his shield. A lot of people thought it was cool. I thought that was kind of weird. This is where we see Captain America's true weakness. So Captain America fights fair. He fights hard. He fights well, but he definitely fights fair. What I mean by that is he killed people? Absolutely. But if he if someone comes at him with like a 10 out of 10 of severity, he'll come at them with like a 10.5. But it's a three, he'll come at them with 3.5. He matches his severity because he doesn't, he actually does care about the opponents he fights, which is kind of cool and also kind of weird. So Captain America is going to come at Batman like a hammer. No doubt, right? Batman's going to quickly analyze Captain America because that's what he does. He's going to get Captain America talking because that's how he figures people out. And then Batman's going to use his gadgets and his sleight of hand and misdirection skills to get Captain America distracted, which is when Batman's going to start to get the win. So here's how I see this battle going. They square off. Batman quickly sees Bat, you know, Captain America is clearly much more than a man who's super strong and has a super strong shield that can be thrown. And that's when he gets Captain America to start talking, right? Captain America and Batman start going jibber-jabbering, whatever they're doing. During those key moments, Batman sees Captain America's pride and sense of fair play. Using that to his advantage, Batman gets a drop on him. Hey, do you want to use that shield? Do you not want to use that shield? Or he pretends to be hurt. Captain America comes in to grab him, and that's where Batman plants explosives on the inside of his shield. Screw Attack Death Battles on YouTube did this great thing where Batman beats Captain America by planting these, using sleight of hand and putting these explosives on the inside of Captain America's shield, where Captain America didn't even know what happened until too late. Everything goes off. Boom. Remember, Batman can throw these things and be highly accurate at the same time. He's going to keep Batman or Captain America completely off guard with all of it, and that doesn't take into account... All the stuff he can do with his grenades, his grappling gun, and his super strong net. In the end, Batman's going to use all of his skills, his mindset, to get Bat Captain America to drop his shield or at least play by his, you know, use that weakness, fair play, get the drop him, use a sleight of hand, and use his gadgets to catch him off guard. That's how Batman wins. That's my point number three. I, I disagree with a lot of what you just said right there, quite frankly. You know, you, you talked about Thanos. You said, oh, Captain America didn't really hurt Thanos. Well, when he got Mjolnir, I seem to remember him throwing it right in his face and knocking him about 20 feet backwards. So, yes, Captain America can absolutely hurt that character. And the character of what? Batrock. He said, can you throw down your shield? One, he did throw down his shield and then won the battle. <laughs> So good deal. It was a good move as it worked out. He got some integrity, some some moxie, and the win. And also, I don't see Batman, the Ben Affleck version, doing that. I don't really see him doing a ton of mind game stuff in combats because often Batfleck in these movies, with the exception of Superman when he had all that kryptonite stored up, when he because he had a plan going into it because he had preparation. He's often punching down in these movies, and he's punching characters who are on a lower status than himself. For example, 20 people in a warehouse. He's not fighting Ultron, 
Loki, Black Panther, Thanos, all of these higher level characters. And at the end of the day, I think Captain America is just going to be coming at Batman too hard with too much skill, too much speed, too much strength. Because Batman, he needs to be in control of the situation from every fight that we've seen Batfleck do well. He's generally in control of the situation. And I absolutely believe that MCU Captain America will take that control away from Batman, give him too much to worry about, and Batman at the end of the day is going to have to find a way to just get out of there because Captain America in that first encounter... Give him time and a second encounter. We know it with Batman. He's going to be a real threat the second time around. But I don't see Batfleck, that version of Batman, especially getting over in this battle. And to use the death battle, I mean, that's great. That's a great series. I want to take nothing away from it. They also weren't arguing these two characters when they were coming to that decision. Should be taken way off of the table. That's all I have to say about that. Interesting. So I like this because, because Ray, we're, we're seeing some, a cool trend where certain characters were saying this is a character who, if they... You know, in this random encounter, you're kind of pausing right now that Batman is the lose the first time. But if he has prep time and knowledge, he comes back better chance of a win. That's kind of what you're saying. Got it. I would actually agree with that, except for this iteration of Batman. This is someone who comes prepared. This is someone who understands how to deal with parademons, superpower beings. With that being said, now it's time to go back to our judge, Toby. You've heard three points from Ray. You've heard three points from me. Now it's time for you to tell us who would win. Take us through your process and tell us the winner between Batfleck and Captain America from the MCU. Wow. Well, um, I you know, three great rounds. I, I went through the first two, so I'm going to focus on the third right here. I think the parallel to Iron Man is great. Like, Iron Man is as close to Batman as you get in this other universe. That being said, Iron Man probably more powerful. Like, Iron Man's suit goes like, you know, into the sky, like, into the space, I believe. So, like, clearly more powerful than Batman. And, uh, you know, so when Ray was like, oh, you know, he, he beat uh, Iron Man, I was like, well, that's it. And then you did mention that he had help from the Winter Soldier at that time. So that, you know, that muddies the waters a little bit. I was right on, I was right with you. I was thinking, I, th- I think, along the same lines with, like, well, in the first battle, you know, is he going to have plans, you know, tactically, Batman to you know to defeat this person who he's never seen who he doesn't know has super strength and stuff like that so you know I mean I mean I mentioned earlier that Captain America I've seen go down and like the first act kind of a things but I've also seen that from Batman too so you know I think all things considered I think I would want Captain America on my side if I was in that battle I think the first time around Batman's gonna think hey he's just like another villain maybe another henchman you know I've seen a million of them before just some dude in a costume and he's gonna be something that literally he's never encountered before just an order of magnitude more strength and speed and so I think in that first battle he's not gonna know his weaknesses he's not gonna know to use like poison or some weird he's just gonna go with the tried and true rockets and and, and his usual tools because that would be the smart thing to do so I, I think I, w- I would give it to Captain America this time. There we go. There we go. I, I Look, as much as I wanted last week, the week before, and literally every episode before this, I really, <laughs> really, really wanted this one. I haven't spent the last decade doing nothing but watching MCU movies over and over and over and over again to not be ready for this battle today. Truly, it's more of a relief than a joy. But thank you, Toby, for making the right decision. <laughs> you know what, Toby? Here's the thing. I actually agree with your decision. As much as I love Batfleck and as much as he's my favorite live-action Batman, Kevin Conroy, by the way, is my favorite Batman of all time. But the, the, the cool thing about this is that we don't have enough yet 
right, of Batfleck to really even compare with all of the incredibly amazing things the Captain America has done in the MCU, right? The fact that, you know, he is old enough to pick up the, the Thor's hammer. The fact that he has fought above his weight class and actually won. The fact that he's actually beaten Iron Man. Sure, he had help with Winter Soldier. He is like that amazing hero that you pull for. I think you're right. I think Batman wouldn't know what he's up against. But I think in a secondary match, I do see Batman coming back. If he can control the environment like what Ray said, I definitely see him being able to get the win the second time. I'm not sure about the third time, though. So I'm actually uh, in alignment with your decision. Well done. Oh, wow. Well, we all yeah. reached consensus. It's crazy, right? I know. It's Why can't so we just agree guys. that I win every week? Why can't we just do this every week where everyone agrees that my points were better, my character was better, and my arguments were better because I'm better? Why can't we all just agree to all of that every week, James? Because the judge, as in every week, Ray, is the one who's laying out the foundation of why a character wins or loses. It's not your arguments I listen to. I, I barely know that you're here. The judge, however, <laughs> is the one. Toby, this is why we bring him back. This is why he's royalty, Ray. He is who would win royalty because of what he did today, how he spelled it out, and just gave us the facts. With that being said, Ray, you actually did really well today. I felt good about this one. I felt like, look, my notes, I always take a crap ton of notes and I have to leave a lot of stuff off the table because we only have so much time to do the show. I had more notes for this character than I maybe have ever had before. <laughs> um, but I, I got to tell you, like, I was so happy. Again, I was so happy when the Hoodwin team was like, hey, let's do Batfleck. James, you got Batfleck. I'm like, yeah, I'm on it. I got I got plans for every character. Who have you got? And when they said MCU Captain America, my heart dropped because, number one, <laughs> I love that character. I think that yeah. character is amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely fantastic. I think possibly my favorite character in the MCU. And secondly, this is a hard battle. This is not one that Batman – when Batman beat Captain America, I'm going to reveal something. When he beat them in that first time in that Marvel DC crossover in the 90s, the person who cried foul the loudest was me. And I'm a huge <laughs> – and I'm a huge Batman fan. Just telling you where my head is at. I gave it my best shot. I, I hope I rep Batman properly, but I love this fight through and through. Well, you tried, James, and, and bless you for it. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Ray. All right, Toby. So again, you are who would win royalty for a reason. You did another great job today. Thank you so much for coming back. Please tell our fans, who will soon be your fans, by the way, where they can find you online. Uh, you can find me online. Uh, Twitter is where I post most of the stuff nowadays, and you can also find my YouTube videos linked off of there. I'll try to upload a, um, a little new stand-up clip for you uh, if, in case you saw me the last time. But it's at Toby Hard to Spell. That's Toby, hard to spell, with T-O. I can't believe I picked that name and I still have to spell it out, but yes, hard to spell. <laughs> so yeah, that's where you can find me. And I hope you like housing. And if you don't, you will, because it's important. <laughs> Who doesn't like housing? All right, Ray, congratulations on a well-earned and rare victory this season. How dare you? Um, how dare you? I, I, I will tell you, I'm happy with how you represented my favorite character from the MCU. And just keep in mind, I'm going to be coming hard next week because that's what I do. So tell everyone where they can find you online. Well, first off, let me say a couple of things here, a couple stats to throw at you. Mainstream March is currently underway. We're just past the halfway point, And Ray is up two matches to one, lest you think I could ever be defeated in any of these events. Thank you very much. Not just that, James, did you realize that you've repped a version of Batman four times now on the Who Would Win show through the first three seasons? Your record is two and two. Why do I think there's going to be a best of five 
fifth version of Batman that we find somewhere down the road. Maybe not immediately, but at some point. I feel strongly about it. I've got a couple reviews I want to read here because I won, and therefore I'm in a good mood for the next minute and a half at least. <laughs> Eric the Red wrote, wow, five stars. What a great show. Super interesting idea and format. The hosts are knowledgeable, funny, and well-spoken. Clearly he's talking about me. Can't <laughs> wait for more. And then this other one from Iggy Strongpaw, five stars. What an active imagination. This show is amazing. So good for all ages. The way the hosts just go above and beyond with their research. Tell me about it. You have to be careful for the intoxicating mind fog from James. This guy be reached I swear if I had a dollar for every time James pays off the guest judge in order for him to win, I would have dozens of dollars. I would have made this a four-star review, but I did not want this review to reflect negatively on Ray. If you are new to the show, I urge you to pay attention to the gems of knowledge that Ray drops on a weekly basis. If for some odd reason Ray does not win the debate, it's because hashtag Ray was robbed, hashtag awkward allies. I don't know why I picked that one totally randomly to read today, but I thought it was important that we let the people be heard. You can find me on Twitter at Almighty Ray. We will be celebrating this one because let's face facts, just like Captain America, I could do this all day. I love it. Come in for uh, the finish, man. Just sliding right into home plate. I love it. You know, we love our fans. Everything's great. I get a lot of DMs off after every episode. And truth be told, I don't bribe the judges nearly as much as I should. I agree. Mm, food for thought. <laughs> Toby, you've inspired me. From this moment forward, after your matchup, I'm giving a lot of money to our judges. Thank you for helping me realize that. Hashtag housing. You can find me on Twitter at James Gavsey. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at James Gavsey. Remember, join the official Hoodman Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. And check out the Hoodman website at www.whowouldwinshow.com to access all of our past podcast episodes. On behalf of myself, Race Decanus, and the rest of the amazing Hoodwin team, thank you once again for listening to another episode of who would win we'll see you next time And I'm Cassandra. And we're the hosts of Trashy Trashy. We're a podcast filled with trashy news stories and garbage people. Did you leave the scene of an accident to go tanning? Do you refer to wearing the strap down on your Crocs as sports mode? Have you ordered Domino's online before they even open in the morning? Are you switching the same AAA batteries from your TV remote to your vibrator instead of just buying more batteries? Or are you normal? Check us out wherever you download podcasts. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.